0: Good morning, everybody, and welcome along to the podcast. I uh, hope you're well and enjoying your day. I wanted to bring you just a bit of an insight this time around into the effects that lockdown has had on swimming as a whole from my perspective. Just for those of you that don't know, uh, my name's Andy Unstead. I am a swim coach, I'm head coach with a swimming club in North Devon called Torridge Side Amateur Swimming Club uh, and I also coach privately uh, swimmers and also triathletes from age group level all the way through to national uh, level for swimmers and also uh, GB level for triathletes. Uh, it's, it's, it's been a tough time for us there's no doubt about that and when I think back to the end of sort of march beginning of april when we heard from the government that leisure facilities swimming pools were going to close i don't think any of us really had any idea how long that was going to go on for i think in the back of our minds we probably thought a month or two and then things would just get back to normal we, we would arrive back at swimming pools in the usual sort of time frame with the same structure and continue our training well as we know now, that didn't happen. It went on for a lot longer than, than I think we any of us could have imagined uh, and And now we find ourselves in a very, very different world with a very, very different situation in regard to swimming and our training. If we just go back to March, I think when that first government announcement came through, as I say, I think the immediate impact on the swimming world was 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 quite profound. Those of you that do swim will know it's similarly to other sports like gymnastics, for instance, swimming is a sport that demands an awful lot of time to train to a uh, competitive level. And and as a result of that, it actually becomes part of your lifestyle. It's one of those sports that you sort of uh, go to school, you go to college, you go to work, Uh, You train, you eat, you sleep, and you repeat the process. It's part of your daily routine. And I think that's the key to this, is that routine is the sort of thing that when we first started off with lockdown, you know, that routine was broken immediately. Uh, And a lot of people were feeling quite lost quite quickly as a result of it. And that's understandable. My, my youngest daughter was in year 11 at the time and for her, she wasn't going to school. She wasn't particularly working in the same way that she'd worked before whilst at school because she was in her last year, she had exams to do and her work and revision was pretty changed. It was markedly changed in that respect. So although she was doing work it wasn't like younger school children who had work prescribed it was more structured she didn't have that so her day changed completely not just for swimming not just with training but it changed in terms of everything that she was doing her whole daily routine So you know immediately I saw this and I I thought to myself well you know I need to do something about this so I set up through Facebook a group called the Big Swimming Family. And the idea with the Big Swimming Family was to invite people from the swim world, triathletes, anybody who loves getting in the water, whether it be open water or in the pool, uh, a place for them all to come together and feel part of something uh, without having that daily routine of actually training. Uh, So on there, people were talking about how they were feeling about swimming in general, about triathlon training, about all sorts of different swim related things just to feel part of something and to help them through those more difficult times. Personally, uh, I managed to tap into some of the resource that I have in terms of friends within the swimming world. So I did some interviews using Zoom with people like Ian Armiger, who's uh, uh, one of the senior swim coaches up at Loughborough, at the the British Swim Centre and Loughborough crossover. Uh, Mel Marshall, (coughs) who we all know as Adam Peaty's coach, and coach to many other people. Uh, There was also James Gibson, head coach with ISL, first season winners, Energy Standard, based out in Turkey, but at home here in the UK during lockdown. Dave Hemmings, GB coach, like Siobhan Marie O'Connor and many other of the top swimmers in this country, whether it be open water or IM, distance-based swimmers, Uh, even a triathlon coach who writes for uh, Triathlon 220, many other magazines, podcasts, you name it, he is all things triathlon, Joe Beer who happens to be based here in North Devon, we had him on uh, and so on and so forth and I think. What that did was gave our swimmers you know a bit of confidence a bit of support knowing that they're not alone that they are all going through the same process it's the same for everyone nobody was at a disadvantage uh, and that t- eventually we would all get back in the water and everything w- would be okay. I think the, you know the, the sort of culmination of all of those interviews was a friend of mine called J.P De Villiers who is a world renowned um, life coach and public speaker, Uh, and I got him on from a non-swimming perspective, with a tilt on swimming, understandably, but a non-swimming perspective on, on generally trying to keep motivated, about trying to keep positive through the difficult times, about, you know, there are other things that you can do, there are other things that are available to help you focus, help you structure your time, Uh, And help you get through this the best way you can and and that that one was invaluable Uh, A lot of people tuned in and listened to that and got quite a lot from it So I think that you know that group's been been very important one of the other things that that we did through the big swim Family was with a very very good friend of mine uh, a lovely lovely lady called Laura Bennett Laura was uh, head coach with side twice before me and um Laura now lives down in South Devon, but she, along with being a swim teacher, swim coach, she's also a physical personal trainer. Uh, And she very kindly offered to do some Zoom exercise classes, some routines for our guys every other day. Uh, And again, this gave the guys some focus. It was a structure. Every other day at six o'clock, they tuned in on Zoom. Laura was there, they could see each other, they could interact with each other, they could do something together, even though it was online, it was virtual. It gave them that feeling of being part of something, keeping in touch with their peers and their friends. So that's been invaluable, and it only finished uh, a few weeks ago, which which is remarkable. And I think Laura is writing uh, some sets, if you like, some routines for some of the guys Although she's not doing the sessions live, she's still interacting with those guys and and helping them. And I think that will be the case moving forward. So although it's been very difficult and hard times, there's some really good positives that have come out of it. Uh, And I know personally, my youngest daughter Hope, uh, she's a regional level swimmer, hopefully would have been pushing national this year. She found it, as I say, very difficult. And in addition to tapping into Laura's resource every day or every other day she would do the Joe Wicks classes which I know were very popular early on in lockdown um, every morning she would routine to get herself up at a certain time be ready to do the Joe Wicks classes she every other day would uh, one day she would go on the turbo trainer out in the garage on the bike which I know she hates but she really committed to And on the other day, she would go out and run again with something that she doesn't particularly like, but something she knew she had to do that gave her a sense of achievement physically, but also ticked a big box mentally, which has been as much of a problem during all of this as the physical side of things, is making sure that you do, you know, you go out and you satisfy that desire to have felt like you've done something physical every day. and I know what I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm, I still train as much as I can. My love is cycling these days personally as much as anything. And I've done four and a half thousand miles on the turbo trainer during lockdown. And it's given me that sense of achievement to have actually completed something every day or every other day. Um, and more than anything, you know, I hear, I've heard from parents during lockdown of how, you know, unbearable sometimes the kids have been to live with. Because they're just frustrated, you know. They need to be doing some sort of exercise, and so if we can get them get them involved, which hope has done, you know, to to do these things, it makes a massive difference to them and to us as parents and coaches as well. So that's that's been that's been amazing, and I think you know, come the 25th of July when the government said. Yes, swimming pools can now open, leisure facilities can now open. I think a lot of people out there thought that things were gonna return pretty much to normal quite quickly. And we now know that that is not the case. It's been a very, very, very hard road for most of us. And I think even more difficult than the actual lockdown period itself, because certainly from a torrid side perspective, you know we've seen other clubs return into training kids have seen some of their friends return into training uh, and the reality is that still in excess of 50% of the swimming clubs throughout the UK are still not back in the water. There's not a lot we can do about that, it's generally an argument that takes place between local councils who own the buildings and pool operators who are under contract to run these facilities to arrive at some sort of financial um, agreement whereby the pools can open, and again, in addition to this, in line with COVID regulations, a lot of these pools are older facilities, and they don't lend themselves very readily to being uh, a safe environment without some remedial works being need to be done, and therefore cost involved in doing that. So, it's a very, very difficult situation. Uh, and as I say, in us as a club, we're still not back in our normal training pools. However, we do start next week at one that's outside of our area, which doesn't sit particularly comfortably with us for obvious reasons, but ultimately we need to get our swimmers back in and training. Uh, You know, we we did a godsend from the beginning of July down in Tavistock, the amazing Mount Kelly facility was made available to the general public uh, and also for Lane Hire. So we have been able to individually and independently get down there which is a 130 mile round trip say for instance for us here in Barnstable but it has meant that the swimmers can get down there they can get in the water they can start turning over they can start to get a feel for the water again in those initial weeks Uh, and then as time's gone on I have written over 60 sets now between the end of July and where we are today 1st of October for our swimmers getting back in the water. So they've started to get some structure back into that training uh, and they've been more able to focus a little bit more on the specifics of swimming rather than just getting back in and getting that base fitness back up. I mean, the benefit with all of this, of course, is that there are no competitions planned. So a blessing and a curse, obviously, this is what we train for, for a lot of our swimmers to go and compete, but what it has meant you know, not having those competitions in the future to put pressure on to get ready for has meant that we can take more of a staged and considered approach to returning to the pool so that the, the pressure isn't on you know we don't need to be going full gas we don't need to be building towards going full gas we can if you like do a textbook return to the pool so things can be started off very steadily at base level and progress through uh, and that will help a lot of swimmers because those that have been able to find the time to swim are obviously at a slightly improved level that those that haven't swum for seven months. So what we don't want to do is put those swimmers off that haven't had the opportunity to get back in the water by returning you know, in uh, full speed, getting ready for competitions with the rest of the guys who have been able to. So it, it's, it's worked out quite well in one way. Uh, as I say, it's just finding the pool time where we can and getting our swimmers back in doing what they love, which is the frustrating part for many many people all over the UK at the moment. For me I'm enjoying the challenge of writing the sets for for our guys, it's it's a a different way of doing things, Uh, it's considering each individual swimmer, uh, where they're swimming, you know how much time they can get and so on and so forth, it's totally different to a structured club session uh, or sessions throughout the week where we know where they are, we know what those sessions are, Uh, how we can develop those sessions and different aspects of of the swimming strokes and the fitness aspect and training zones and so on and so forth because they might swim twice one week and then not again for another 10 days or what have you. So it's proved to be quite an interesting challenge for me but one that I'm really enjoying. Uh, and uh, is obviously adding a string to my bow as a coach as well, being able to evaluate and, and provide a training structure for those athletes. So what do we expect moving forward? I think it's gonna be a very, very different type of swimming world moving forward. I think the restrictions on what we can do in terms of full time uh, and what's available out there, uh, fees are gonna play a big part in that Most of you are probably aware. A lot of places pool hire fees have gone up exponentially, but not in line with pool time. In fact, hire fees have gone up, pool times come down. So clubs are being expected to pay more for less, which is a crazy situation. Something that hopefully the government will step in. I know Swim England are taking steps towards trying to help out here and petition the government for additional funding to to help the sport. Um, I think. the the places that have their own pools, the clubs that have their own pools or access to their own pools exclusively, like your Mount Kelly's and Plymouth Leander and other clubs in the area that are in that enviable position will get stronger. They'll go to competitions and be a lot stronger, smaller clubs, hopefully they'll still be around, but I can see some of those clubs, unfortunately, sadly disappearing, Uh, or I can see local clubs potentially merging in the future. Uh, with reduced numbers to try and make it vi- a viable proposition, which, which is a sad situation, but ultimately we have to keep fighting for our sport. We have to keep doing everything we can to keep swimmers in the water and work towards getting competitions back on as soon as possible. But uh, over the just uh, hopefully that gives you a little bit of an update from my perspective of where things have been and where we are. You know, I'm very, very positive in my outlook on things. I think there's still a lot of opportunity out there. There's bags of talent from what I see in our area uh, that I coach that are really looking to push on and get back to things in some sort of normality. uh, And I, for one, am going to make sure that I'm available and there for them to help them achieve that as much as possible. So uh, let's keep our fingers crossed and let's hope that we can get back to doing what we love in a proper capacity as soon as possible. Thanks for listening in. Over the next uh, few weeks or so, I'm going to start looking with the podcast to return to pool training about what we're doing, how we are building our swimmers back into that routine where we can. Uh, And then we'll move on to things like training zones and the like as we get further down the line. So uh, thank you very, very much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed it and it's been useful. And I will catch up with you on the next episode. Take care and speak to you soon.